Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Oh, you guys. Thank you. That was like a really kind introduction by Josh. So Josh, thank you for that. And you know, he's right. I, I don't stand in this place very often and I never, very rarely do I post on social media. So you guys never get to hear me tell you or say to you how much I love this church. I love you guys. Honestly, from the staff, amazing. The volunteers here, the best. We seriously have the best volunteers. And all of you, yeah, clap for them. But when I say I love this church, I love this church family, that's all of you. All of you who come, you come week after week, and you, you have no idea how much it means to us when you affirm and you support and you respond. So you guys, thank you and know you are so loved. And welcome, welcome Lakewood, 11 o'clock service. This is so fun. Welcome first time visitors. If you, this is your first time, we are so excited. We feel very honored that you would come and spend your morning with us. I suspect that we may have a few extra guys in the house today, new guys, because we're, it's Mother's Day and us ladies, we like our men at church and sometimes we just have to drag them to church, right? I know I do. I got four, even, even Sean from time to time, got to drag him to church, but... We are imperfect people pursuing a perfect God, right? Thank God for that. So, you know, it's so fun because here we are in this Just Getting Started series. And I thought, well, how, how perfect is it that we are also in spring? And this Just Getting Started series, it's all about the idea the truth that God is just getting something started in every single one of our lives. He's never finished with us. He always wants to be doing something new and something fresh and bringing out his best in us. And I thought, well, that is, it's so awesome that here we are in this series and it's spring because spring is all about new life, fresh growth, flowers. I love Love, love flowers, if you can't tell. In fact, a week ago, I came home. Um, I'd been out for the day, and I got home, and I actually got home after Sean, and I saw that there was this giant, beautiful bouquet of flowers on the kitchen counter. I thought, oh, Sean. Well, I read the card, and it wasn't from Sean. It's okay. <laughs> and Sean saw me reading them, and he said, who are those from? I said, well, I, I told them. So we had had some friends. They had come in from uh, out of town. They stayed with us for a week. And as a thank you, they sent us these flowers. And he said, well, where on that card did you see who it was from? And right at the very bottom in this small print, it said, to the Johnsons love, the Bryants. And Sean said, oh, I didn't see that. And he goes, I almost <laughs> yep, put on the top of the card, to Jill, I love you, love Sean. He said somebody needed the credit for those flowers, and since I didn't see who they came from, I thought I should get the credit. <laughs> but he fessed up. He's a, he's a good man. He's the best, best man. Yes, amen. Thank you. So, you know, flowers, though, when you look at flowers, this is not how they started, right? Because a flower... It starts as a small seed. 
And if you were to look at the seed in and of itself, there's really not much to look at because from the outside, it looks, well, it's small, colorless. It looks weak. It really does not in and of itself look like it has much potential or much, much to offer. And if you are like me, you sit and week after week, you listen to these incredible messages about how God wants to start something new, how God wants to get something started in your life. And hope, hope, you hear that, and hope begins to rise up on the inside because I believe every single one of us, we all want to do something special, don't we? We all want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We all, we all want to be helpers. I believe that's who we are and what we want to do. We want to thrive. We want to flourish. It's in us to desire to just live well. And I think sometimes it's really easy as life goes on, it's really easy to look at that small seed and think, well, you feel the way that seed looks. You feel incapable. You feel unqualified. You feel weak or tired or just maybe you feel like you will never have much to offer. I have felt that way so many times in my life. Or maybe you're in here and you're in a place where you're like, you know what? No, I'm doing good. I'm, f I'm fine. I, I, this week, I said to our nine-year-old, our youngest, I said, Ashton, you have an orthodontist appointment. Let's go. And he said, what? What? No. Why? My teeth are fine. A bit yellow, but they're fine. He said that. I was like, well, awesome, bud, but let's go. So I just say that, you know, if you are in a place, maybe you are in a place today where you're like, you know what? I'm good. I love, I love what I'm doing in life. I am flourishing. I am investing in other people. I'm good. And if that's you, I, we as a family, we celebrate you. We're, that's awesome. But here's what I want you to hear. Wherever you find yourself right now in life, know this. God always, always, always wants to do something new in you. He's always wanting, bring, wanting to bring out something more. Something, something amazing in you. He's never finished with us because he is the God who takes us from glory to glory and strength to strength. That's who he is. I heard that amen out there. Good job. You can do that more if you like something I say. It makes me feel a whole lot better. <laughs> Thank you. So if you look, though, a seed, it's when God created that seed... He put life inside. He had a very specific design and a very specific plan for that seed. When he created that seed, he actually saw this. This is what God saw when he created that little tiny seed. It's the same for all of us. Because on the inside of every single one of us, God has put, planted life. And when he looks at us he he sees our he sees what he intended for our lives what he designed originally for our lives and i don't say that as a a way of saying that you will arrive to a a to this 
pinnacle in your life where you will be at your greatest and best. No, because God's never finished with us. But I say that to encourage you to, so that you can go, all oh, right, I know. God, God sees me and he knows what he wants for me. Now, if you're in here and that the, the picture of this flower is hard for you to get a mental picture. If, you know, I, I get it. So I want to give you a different mental picture because here's the deal. I live with four boys, and if I ever said to any single one of them, guys, I know you might feel like a seed on the outside, but you're really a beautiful flower, they would check out instantly. I would get all kinds of eye rolls at a whole new level, ears shut. No, they're like, Mom, do Sean, Jill. Don't call us flowers, okay? So here's what I want you to picture. If that flower is hard for you to picture, picture this. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you say, Jesus, I recognize, I recognize that I'm a broken individual, but I need you to put my life back together. I want you as the perfect son of God, the only son of the only God, I want you to be a part of my life. When you say that, here is what God sees when he sees you. He sees a solid oak of righteousness. That's who you are. Listen to this, because this, when God looks at you, this is what he sees. He says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's you. That's us. We are a solid planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And the seed, it's just a reminder of all of the good, all the goodness that God has put on the inside of us and he wants to bring out. You have all of his fruit, his amazing fruit, fruits of the spirit on the inside of you. You, you are full of peace. You are full of joy. You are full of love. You are full of kindness. You are full of compassion. You are full of gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's who you are, and that's what God sees when he looks at you, no matter how you feel. Not only is all of that, um, all of those amazing characteristics on the inside of you, but you have hope on the inside. You have courage on the inside. You have potential. You have power, power to overcome struggle. And you have authority to tell the enemy no in your life. You have authority over him. God is bigger, and God will bring out in you exactly what he wants in your life. The seed is just a reminder of all the significant qualities that God has deposited, planted on the inside of our heart. But the seed is not the end result. It's just the beginning. And there's a group of people in the Bible we can learn from, the, the Israelites. Because these were people who in the Old Testament, they lived the way a little seed looks for a very long time. They felt weak. They felt powerless. They felt small. But when God looked at the Israelites, he saw something completely different. He saw a people through whom he would put his splendor on and a people through whom he would provide for. And when he knew that when people looked at his people, when people outside looked at his chosen people, they would see him. 
And his plan through them was to save the entire world. That's what God saw through the Israelites. And so if you look in Exodus, you'll see that for over 400 years, they lived as slaves in Egypt. The enemy of God for years and years and years told them they would never amount to anything, lied to them, abused them, stole from them until God finally said, no, no more. No more. This is not the plan I have for you. This is not what I see in you. So he raised up Moses to call his people out of that place in Egypt. He set them on a journey. And on that journey, he said this to his people. Deuteronomy 11, 10 through 12. The land you are entering to take up ownership isn't like Egypt, the land you left, where you had to plan your own, plant your own seed and water it yourselves as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are about to cross the river and take for your own is a land of mountains and valleys. It drinks water that rains from the sky. It's a land that God, your God, personally tends. He's the gardener. He alone keeps his eye on it all year long. It's good, right? I heard some go, mm, it's good. Why did God want to move them to that type of place? A place where he was the gardener, a place where he could be in charge? Because he's good. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's a loving God. He wants the best for his children. He wants the best for this world. And God knows that if he can move us to a place where he's the gardener, where he's allowed to take care of his children, if he's allowed to take care of us, he knows that in that place we will grow, we will flourish, we will become all that he plans for us to become. So I have my own personal journey that I thought I'd share with you is a season of tremendous growth in my life. And I thought, well, I'll share it with you because a lot of you have never uh, heard, heard much from me. And so uh, I thought this would be a good time to just be a little picture of my journey. And it was the journey of leaving Rockford, Illinois to move to Denver, Colorado. And if you were here last week, you heard the most amazing pastor in all the world, the best pastor, my favorite. You heard, thank you, yes. <laughs> you heard my husband tell all of you that he came to me and said, Jill, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to start a church. Let's go. Let's go to Denver. And he told all of you that I said yes. And I did. I said yes. I did. However, it was not a... Yes, let's go. I'm so excited. Like, yay, God's going before us, and we're going to do this awesome, amazing work. It wasn't that at all. It was more of a, okay, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. And he didn't tell you that because that's not as fun to tell everybody. And he does a very generous, he, 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 does a, he has very generous uh, descriptions of me when he tells stories most of the time. I did, I met a gentleman a month ago who's, when he learned that I was Sean's wife, he said, oh, I, I never laugh at the stories he tells about you. And then he said, well, sometimes, sometimes I laugh. And I said, it's fine. Our life is a circus, and I'm glad that all of you can learn from 
are, are, are all of it. So laugh, laugh at his stuff, it's good. So, so yes, I said yes, but it was, very, it was a very pathetic yes. And because if I'm being honest, um, you know, Sean was so excited. He was so passionate. He could not wait. His heart started beating long before Denver, Colorado, started beating for Denver, Colorado long before he ever came to me and said, Jill, let's go, let's do this. And so when he came to me and said, it's, it's time to go, I know it's time, I, I didn't want to leave where we were. I was, and I, and I, I just, I was very um, comfortable, comfortable where we were. We had friends that we loved. We had family nearby, and, and I just, I didn't want to leave. I never, and I say this honestly, I didn't want to come to Denver, and I hope you still like me after I say that my heart has changed, like, 200%, I never want to leave now. So, so yeah, so I'm praying I never have to go. So, but I, I, um, I wasn't in my sweet spot. I was comfortable there, but I wasn't in my sweet spot either. I was just timid. I lacked confidence. I really did not see any, I didn't feel like I had what it takes to be a good pastor's wife. I couldn't remember, I went to the pastor's wife of our church at that time, and I was expressing to her all my fears and my concerns about moving and going, and she said, well, Jill, what, what are you good at? And I remember I looked at her and I went, I don't know, I'm nice. What, what can I do with that? Which I've learned, you can do a lot with nice. Nice goes a long way. But I just, I struggled, I struggled. So yes, when Sean came to me and he said, Jill, it's time to go, I said yes. But I did not feel like going. And so if I could just encourage you for a minute, anyone in this room where you, if you're in here and you feel, you know, you know that God is stirring something new in your heart, He's, he's asking you to do something. You feel that stirring. Maybe he's asking you to move. Or maybe he's asking you to change a behavior. Or maybe he's asking you to forgive someone. Or, or to get out of a relationship. Or to pursue a relationship. Or to pursue friendships. If you sense that God is asking you to do something and you know you need to obey, but you don't feel like doing it, can I encourage you to do it anyway? Obey. Sean and I had a mentor who would always say, her name was Jeannie Mayo, and she would always say, right choices bring right emotions. And I would even take it a step further and say, I think, I think you can obey with a bad attitude. I think God still blesses the obedience when it's done with a bad attitude, and over time, he deals with the attitude. He does. So you just, if I could encourage you, listen this is what it looked like when I obeyed, or this is how I obeyed. I cried a lot, <laughs> a lot. I can remember Sean Wood, our house in Rockford hadn't sold, and so it was time for us to go, so he, or time for us to get started here. So he would travel to Denver for a week, and then he'd go back to Rockford for a week because I stayed to try and sell our house. And every time he'd leave, 
I would go to bed at night, and we had in our bedroom, we had three just normal-sized windows right in a row, one, two, three. And I can remember I would look out those windows, and I'd pray, and I'd cry, and I would beg God to change the plan. Thank God he didn't. But I remember this is how silly I was in that moment. Now, little disclaimer here, I was very pregnant and very hormonal. So a lot of this I'm blaming on the hormones because that's what I can as a girl. We can do that from time to time, you know? The hormones, they're real, unfortunately. So I can remember laying in bed and I would look out those windows and I would cry and I would say, God, you've given me these great windows and I can look out and pray and see the stars. What am I going to do? What if my next place doesn't have windows by the bed? For real, I really said that. Not kidding. So the time comes. It's time for me to move, make that move to Denver. And I remember Sean's brother, Sean and Chad, they loaded up the moving vans which is a story in and of itself. And they drove our vans, vans, we had one van. They drove the van across the country, broke down three times. They had to unload, reload, unload, re yeah, fun. So they, they drove, and then Rachel, Chad's wife, she flew with me. She was going to be my, my support and help me with the two-year-old. As soon as Sean's brother picked me up, I started crying all the way to the airport. We get to the airport. I cry all the way through the airport. I had a little two-year-old that he was, oh, he was, if you see moms, let me just say this, if you see single moms traveling with babies in an airport, show grace. They need it because that day was a rough day for us. We get to, we get on the airplane and I cried. I cried just before we landed in Denver. I was able to pull it together enough to get off the plane and uh, we get to the curb because Scott Brugman who's also part of the team that we all started it together his wife Lori Brugman she picked Rachel and Ethan and I up from the airport and as soon as she saw us she welcomed us big hug how are you guess what yeah all over again tears tears I just couldn't I couldn't pull it together and in my head I'm thinking Jill Stop it. I didn't know Rachel and Lori very well at the time. And I kept thinking, stop it. They, like, know that, like, we're supposed to be helping lead this thing. And what must they be thinking? And I want to make a good impression. And my two-year-old was still being very two in that moment. And it was just a rough, rough day. So we get to Lori's house. And I, I was a mess, a mess. And I can remember, again, my two-year-old was tired. He was tired, and he had a long day, and he was just fighting me on everything. Again, I'm wanting Lori to th and Rachel to think that, like, I'm a stellar parent. So I take our son to the bathroom, and I sit him on the toilet, and I'm like, tell mommy you're sorry for everything you just <laughs> did to me on the journey here. And he just looked at me, and he started crying, and he said, Mommy, I just want to go home. Yeah. And so I said, I know. I just want to go home too. But we are home, buddy, so I don't know. This is, we're going to have to figure this out. And so that night, 
Lori and Scott had set up a, a place in their basement for Rachel and Ethan and I to sleep. So we were all in the same room, different sleeping areas, but in the same room. And this was me all night long. Poor Rachel. I still think back and I think, oh, poor Rachel, because, you know, we had convince Chad and Rachel to come join us and I'm thinking she's moving here in a month this cannot be good for her but I couldn't turn it off this was me all night long <laughs> all night long it was awful but you know that that leaving that leaving, that whole season of, of leaving and growing for me, it was so difficult because I could not see the end result. I could not see anything strong or brave or good. I was just seeing a seed, so to speak. The outside of the seed, that's all I could see. All I could see was weakness. All I could see was sadness. I couldn't see, I couldn't see this. But you know what? There is a process. There's a process involved, a very important process involved for a seed to become a flower. We all know that a seed cannot become a flower. A seed cannot become a solid oak tree if it is not introduced to two very important elements, sunlight and water. The same is true for us. But thank God, he's an amazing gardener, and he has given us light. He's given us water, and it's all found in Jesus. Jesus is our light. Spending time with Jesus will bring us to a place of growth that we never dreamed possible. Spending time with Jesus will bring the life out of us. All throughout the Bible, Jesus is referred to as the light of the world. John 8, 12, he says, I am the light. And I'm not going to spend too much time on these, on, on these two elements because I feel like they're very simple concepts. But they're so, they matter. They matter to our soul. So I want you to look at these two verses, write them down, take them home with you, because again, God's word, his word is like our water. It's what waters our soul. It's what softens those hard places within our heart, within our spirit, and causes the good stuff, the goodness to grow out of, out of us. Psalm 9:10. those who know your name, talking about God, talking about Jesus. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 119, 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Jesus is our light. Spending time with him will cause us to eventually look more like him. Spending time in the water of his word will change us. Ephesians 5, 25 through 26, Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Oh, how God loves you. Oh, how God has an incredible and an amazing, a dynamic plan for your light to be the display of his splendor to the world 
outside these walls. God knows that if he can get us to a place where we are firmly planted in him, he knows that we will experience new depths of his character, new depths of his love, new depths of his peace, new depths of his joy, new depths of his hope. God sees goodness in you. He wants you to see it, and he wants to draw it out. The growing season, it can be really hard, really hard. But I promise you this, if you submit to the process that God, our gardener, established and put in place, if you can submit, if you can trust God's process, if you can rest in his process of spending time with him, Time with Jesus, praying, time in the word, reading the Bible. If you can, if you can do that, then he knows you will, you will grow. And I, I, I don't want to put any guilt on you, or I don't want you to leave here feeling like, oh man, i got to spend more time in prayer, more time in the word. All I'm saying is do your best. Give God what you have that day. Give God what you can. He will take it, and he will use it. But if you trust his process, if you submit to him, you will not de be disappointed. I never, I never saw this day where I would have this opportunity to tell all of you that there's so much more on the inside of you, that God wants to grow something amazing that you haven't even imagined yet, and he plans to use it to bring more and more and more people in to him. When you choose to, to trust him and obey him and submit, he pours blessings out upon you, blessings you never imagined. He, and blessings can look different. They can look like courage. They can look like bravery. They can look like hope, open opportunities to do new things. Or they can just be things we don't even really need. Do you know that the, the windows I cried about, that, oh, God, I'm never going to have windows by my bed that I can look out of and pray? I have windows by my bed, but they have a better view this time. When I look outside my windows, there's a church in the distance, and every day that church, the cross is lit up. Every time I look out my bedroom windows, I see a cross, and I'm reminded of an incredible God who's faithful and patient and kind, a God who's for me, a God who's for you. Not only do I see it, but my kids see it. And they make comments on it. My kids see it every day. And I love that. And that's just what God does with us. Because you know what? What's the best part about growing? The best part about growing is that we begin to see the beauty and the grace and, and the amazing aspects of God's character coming out of us. And the best part about the end result. And again, I say end, but I don't really mean an end to end because God is always growing something new in us. A healthy tree, a healthy flower is never done producing, right? But what's the best part when you get the tree or when you get the flowers? What's the best part? The best part is you get to give it away. You get to share it with others. The shade of a tree, sitting in the shade is awesome. Providing shade for somebody else to sit in is awesome. Giving flowers to someone is the best feeling ever. Why do you think Sean wanted to take credit for the flowers that came to us a week ago? Because it's fun to give flowers away. And I know he wanted to be rewarded because that's just standard. But hoping for a reward. There's nothing better than giving what God's done in your life away. And I want to tell you, all of you, you have something. Your story, your journey, your process, it's not just about you. 
It's about every single person that your life touches along the way. You have a voice. You have gifts. You have talents. You have amazing qualities on the inside of you. You have life on the inside of you. And God wants you to share that with the world because he wants the world to see him. And they can see him through you. There is an amazing story that I wanted you to see because it's just such a beautiful example of someone who has said yes to Jesus and she's in this place of just getting started and God is doing amazing things in her and through her and I wanted you to all be encouraged by her story so watch this. My name is Emily. I was adopted into a Christian home from South Korea when I was five months old. I was born with schizencephaly, which is a type of cerebral palsy. I have two older brothers and an older sister who is also adopted from Korea. When I was 13, a girl made fun of my speaking. After that, I didn't talk to anyone except my family for five years. I lost all my confidence. I realized that I wasn't the same as other kids and I became depressed. A couple of years later, one of my best friends died unexpectedly. And that same year, my other best friends moved away. I became more depressed than ever. My parents wanted to cheer me up, so they planned a trip to California. I had wanted to go to a live taping of a TV show, but it got canceled. I tweeted that I was disappointed. And to my surprise, the producer and writer of the show replied. He invited me to visit the set. And there he encouraged me to write stories. I posted some of my stories on social media. Soon I had a lot of followers and people told me that I was a good writer. My sister was my biggest fan. Then last year, I had some health problems and my sister moved out abruptly. I felt devastated and abandoned. My sister was my world and now she wouldn't even talk to me. I thought I had no one. I attempted suicide. But God was always there looking out for me. He told me to keep fighting. He gave me a puppy who never leaves my side. I think he created her just for me. He gave me Christian friends that pointed me back to God. And I started to go to Red Rocks Young Adults. The more I went, the more I liked it, and the more friends I made. But all of my friends were serving God through mission trips or internships or something, I felt so alone, like there wasn't anything I could do to serve God and others. After all, I couldn't walk or talk or use my hands much. I decided to write a blog telling my story to encourage others. I didn't know what I was doing, but I gave it up to God to do it His way. I learned to be still and listen to His voice. 
I felt like God was telling me to attend the Red Conference at Red Rocks Church. I am so thankful for that experience. I heard just what I needed to hear. I met great people and I gained confidence and boldness. I experienced a joy that I had never felt before. God filled me with his Holy Spirit. I still have to fight every day to keep that joy. The enemy is always trying to steal it from me. But I am confident that God is working everything for his will in my life. Don't let the enemy tell you that you don't have anything to offer. Think about what God has given you and embrace that. My mom always says that if I can serve God and choose joy, anyone can. Isn't Emily beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? I love I loved watching that because Emily wrote her story, but it was her mother that read the story, and I thought, just how special, so special to be able to be loved by, by mom and have her mom. Her mom is a part of her story. And I love it because, you know, Emily, she, she recognized that one of the gifts that God had planted on the inside of her was writing, and so she writes a blog. She writes a blog and she has a book that will soon be coming out. And she uses it all for God's glory. She wrote this in one of her blog entries. People say that I'm a good writer, so I started this blog for his glory. Emily said yes to Jesus. And through the highs and the lows in life, despite it all, she has said, God, I will do what it takes to constantly take what you've given me and I will use it to glorify you because you know what God knows that if he can get us to a place where we have to depend upon him and him alone he knows that we will become our best oh God sees so much greatness in you God has given you so much that you can use to show the world his glory and his goodness you are you are a planting of the lord for the display of his splendor and your life is the platform you need to share him with the world i learned something interesting as i was studying about seeds seeds can actually stay dormant for a for hundreds or even thousands of years that means if they never meet light if they never meet water if they never experience the right temperature which is all connected to timing they won't grow in other words they are alive on the inside and they're asleep on the outside and I was as I was thinking about that and praying about today this weekend I thought oh God let us not be a people who we have all this life on the inside, but we just don't let it grow. Let us be a people who, who gets in your presence and enjoys your presence and, and gets in your word and takes in every word you say. And so I thought, I found a verse that I thought, man, I want to get it started today. I want, since God's word is like water, I want to read this in an effort to speak life over you as, as, as if it's water pouring all over you to, to, to soften those places in your heart that might need a little softening. But hear this, 
and know that this is how God feels about you. This is how God sees you. And this is what he wants for you. This is who you are. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. It's 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 10 of the message that's who you are. And so we are going to close in prayer. And I want to, in a minute, I'm going to ask all of you if you have had that moment where you've said yes to Jesus. Because some of us are sitting in here and we've never even said yes at all. Like we've heard, or maybe you're just hearing now that there is a loving God who sent his son to die for you because we are all broken. And you've heard it. But what you haven't said yes to is, Jesus, I recognize that you died for me, and I want you to be. You are one and only son, one and only God, and you died for me so that I could go to heaven. So in a minute, I'm going to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus. But then secondly, I'm going to pray for anyone in here who you feel like you just need. You need to, to, to seek God. God and ask him to bring out the life. You want more life brought out of you because you want to show the world how beautiful he is. So I'm going to pray for you in a minute and then we're going to worship. And if I could encourage you, once worship starts, that's just another way to bask in the light of Jesus Christ is to engage in worship. Every opportunity you have, I encourage you, press into worship because Jesus is here in this place shining his light through the music and the words. So let's pray. If you would, just bow your heads out of the respect for everyone in the room. If you're in this place and you say, I've never ever said yes to Jesus for the first time, but I recognize that I need a savior. If that's you, raise your hand. Awesome. Thank you. Now, if you're in here and you say, Jill, I want you to pray for me because I know that there's more life, new life that needs to grow. And I want God to help bring out his growth in me. I want God to help me be disciplined to just do my best to spend time with him in prayer and with him in the word. And I want him to provide opportunities for me to share my life with someone else. If that's you, raise your hand. Awesome. Almost everyone over the, all over the room. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this amazing group of people. I thank you for every single person that raised their hand to say yes to you for the very first time. I thank you, Lord, that you, in the moment they say yes, your spirit comes and fills them, and you have given them the power that they need for a brand new life. They are brand new in you, and I pray that you would put people around them who are further in the journey, who can come alongside and help them help them learn more about you and grow. And Father, for everyone in this place who raised their hand and just said, God, I want more of you. I want more of you and I want you to bring out your very best in me. I pray for every single person. I thank you for them. Give them the courage. Give them the strength to just one day at a time keep moving forward and keep going. Lord, your word says that you who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And so we believe that and we receive that for ourselves. And Father, as we close, I, I pray a special 
blessing over every single woman in this room as it's Mother's Day. Lord, every woman, you have given the heart of a nurturer that's unique to us as ladies. And so, God, I pray that you would build every woman up in that spirit of a nurturer and show her how she can care for others, whether they belong to her or whether they don't. We love you, God. We thank you. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.